0: what's up y'all welcome back into the lacrosse bucket podcast tanner dimling here with y'all as always ready to dive into what will be an exciting weekend of college lacrosse. week nine of the college lacrosse season or eight depending on who you ask um midweek didn't have a ton of action binghamton lehigh Non-Hawks get that one. Cornell takes care of Colgate. And Lafayette takes care of Sacred Heart. And again, that was rescheduled from a few weeks ago. Heading into the weekend. Biggest one, in my opinion, here is... Carolina, and Duke. And, um, you know, the biggest Carolina-Duke game is at 2 p.m. in Chapel Hill on Saturday. Not 9 p.m. in New Orleans, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Big, big Carolina-Duke game. Duke Day on Saturday. Carolina obviously comes into this one 7-2, 0-1 7-2, and 0-1 in the ACC. You know, Duke comes into this contest as, you know, they fell in their ACC opener against Syracuse a week ago. Carolina had to dig themselves out of a hole against Bellarmine last week. Didn't have too much trouble doing that. I think this one... It it, it it is big for both of these teams because they both seem to be moving I don't want to say in different directions but Carolina certainly is looking better than Duke is at this moment. And you you know, Carolina has had to come back late in some of these games. Um but you look what they did against Virginia in the first half and they played very well. And when you look at what Chris Gray has done and you know what this def Carolina defense is not anything what they were a year ago. Um but you've seen some flashes and some steps forward in recent weeks. Duke, I I I I think the biggest question with and you could pose this for both teams because we've seen this, is like Duke doesn't play hard or really put the foot on the gas pedal until their backs are against the wall. And I look, you can't do that against Carolina. I mean, they learned last week, you can't do that against Syracuse. You cannot do that against an ACC team. Um, With all due respect to Towson, you can do that against them. Um, you know, Loyola, they almost came back and won that game after being down 10-2. to Like, you can't do that against these ACC teams. Duke's going to have to figure it out. Um, and honestly, this could be one where offense just kind of dominates because, you know, I'm not a huge fan of either of these defenses. Adler and Clee, I think, are two very good goalies. Adler we saw play a really, really big game on uh, last Saturday. Uh, really, that I mean, that Syracuse game could have gotten more out of hand than it did if it were not for a couple of those saves that he made there. Um, so, really, I, I think the thing to watch in this one is just how much can these offenses get because, to be honest, and especially when you look at you know, what these – you have O'Neal and Gray here and what those two guys have done in recent weeks really stepping up as kind of the leaders, Um, as the rest of the offense around them doesn't necessarily, um, you know, for Duke at least with regard to the Towson uh, – disregarding the Towson game, you haven't seen a ton of other bodies stepping up. Um, for this Duke team, right? Um, This is, this, and this could be a key game for both of them. Um, Because, so, Tuesday we did the Blacketology show. And I have Carolina in at the moment uh, is what looks like is going to happen. Duke is out, as well as Notre Dame and Syracuse. Um, This game right here Duke-Carolina, I would say, is probably – it's a big game for both teams because whoever loses goes to 0-2 in the ACC. And, well, the ACC doesn't have the AQ and all of that, so um, but that. But that does make an impact. And, look, Duke, I think, probably needs this win more than Carolina does just because of the way – They've been playing, and and the way they've been playing is not good. You're 8-4. Right now, you're coming off a bad loss against Syracuse. And look, you've got North Carolina this week. Then you've got Notre Dame, Notre Dame, and Virginia. Um, Those are going to be two tough ones, obviously. That Notre Dame, both good defenses, by the way. And then you have Carolina again on May 1st. And you end the season on May 7th at Notre Dame. So, I mean, that is not a very pleasant schedule the rest of the way. Now, an all-ACC schedule to end the season is not pleasant for anyone. But, at least for Carolina, you have Virginia again. You've seen them before. You put up a fight against them. Let's say they upset the Who's. Then you've got Syracuse. I think Carolina can beat Syracuse. We'll see how they continue to trend. And then you end with Notre Dame and Duke, and you at both of those places in South Bend and in Dome. Like that is a much easier, not easier, but it it is a more generous ending of the season um, than what with what Duke has going playing those two top defenses in Notre Dame and Virginia back-to-back, uh, whereas, you know, Carolina, they do have a Syracuse game in there to, to, to reset. Um, and, and not to say you, know, you can't just roll, expect Syracuse to roll over. We, we've seen that. But uh, still probably the, the, the weakest team in the ACC. And, look, you know, we've seen what Carolina did against Virginia. Again, like, they, they put up a fight. Uh, can they do that again, right? So, this is going to be a big one for both these teams looking forward uh, to see who, first and foremost, who wins the Tobacco Road Rivalry and who is looking best as we move, or April 1st right now, but as we move uh, deeper into the season. Second ACC game this weekend is Syracuse and Notre Dame. Look, Syracuse had a really, really good performance on Saturday. Really good. Um, I thought their defense played well. The offense looked better. Look, they head to South Bend. A, a place where Syracuse has only won once since 2010. They've won one game in South Bend since 2010. Syracuse coming off that big win, Tucker Dordovic puts up a five two uh spot, seven points on the day, Bobby Gavin, Nick uh Comico there uh in, in cage and out in front leading the way on defense. Um I think, think the question remains like so can this improvement sustain or was is Duke that bad? Is Syracuse improving? Or are they just that much better than Duke? Because Duke, again, did not get going until their backs were against the wall. And I think the the the, the big question coming into this week for, for Syracuse is, I think their defense will be pretty decent against Notre Dame. Uh, from what we've seen from their defense, the improvements, I think they can be pretty decent. Um, are they going to shut down Pat Kavanaugh? You know, I I think that's a tough ask. I don't know if they necessarily have a number one cover guy that can do that. Um, But I think as a unit, they can do pretty good. And Bobby Gavin has – he had some rough times early on this season. He's, He's come back and played very well. Offensively, though. Um, we've seen Notre Dame's defense, Arden Cohen holds Matt Moore to, I think, what was it, one assist, Uh, holds Josh Zawada to, like, what, one goal? The one goal was in garbage time um, and and one assist. I mean, he's played very well. And Notre Dame has had some injuries there on defense. Carson Cochran uh, there, where you've seen Matt Douglas step in last week. and then be alongside there with Jason Reynolds and Arden Cohen. This is an Irish defense that's good. This is an Irish Irish defense that can cause problems. Um, we know Syracuse. Their offense is not necessarily the best. It's not the most polished. We've seen guys uh, like Mateo Corsi step up in past weeks. Mikey Berkman. Um, if that continues, that's going to be good for Syracuse, obviously. But how do those guys? And how does this offense as a whole react to Notre Dame? Because, I mean, I'm going to guess they put Co- Alden Cohen on Tucker Dordovic. That is a matchup that uh, – and Cohen ha- has won his matchups each of the past couple of weeks. That's a matchup that I, you, you've got to think Syracuse wants to avoid. They want to try to get Dordovic off Cohen. Um so that's going to be that's going to be one thing certainly to watch there. You know, I I think when you look at the face-off dot in, in this game, you know, Will Lynch, I gotta say for, for Notre Dame has done a really good job these past couple weeks, um, and certainly last week as he went sixty five percent at the dot for the Irish. Uh, Jacob Fopp, uh Will Lynch, that's going to be a battle there as well. Um, for Notre Dame, I think we've got to see them get going more. Uh, they never really got going offensively last week. Um, I want to see that midfield get more involved. We've talked about their midfield on here before. Eric Dobson, uh, those guys are very, very good. And that's a unit that I think is one of the more athletic uh, midfields in the ACC and college across. Um. So if they can get that going, um, and especially if we see this Syracuse defense be able to do what they did last week, to get more guys involved, there is going to help that. That that was Duke's problem last week is they couldn't really get anything going, um, early on. So if this Syracuse defense continues what they've been doing, uh, Notre Dame is going to have to rely more, most likely, um, or more likely than not, have to rely on a greater number of players other than Pat and Chris Cavanaugh there, and and that's where that midfield has to step in. Moving on now up to New Haven, Connecticut, where we see the biggest Ivy League game of the week, Yale and Penn, 3.30 p.m. I'm going to be locked into this one. Um, look, if y'all remember, Yale Penn faced each other three times in 2019 in what was the best series of the year and one of the best series, single season series in recent history. Quakers won that first meeting in triple overtime, the second in regulation to win the Ivy League title, and Yale won that NCAA quarterfinal matchup in overtime. Two years removed from now. I expect the same intensity when these two top 15 teams meet, especially, you know, both coming off their biggest wins of the season. Yale beat Princeton, Jared Parkett, 19 saves to anchor the Bulldogs' defense. And that one, excuse me, Matt Brandau puts up eight points, five goals, three assists. As he continues the season that he has had, 10 handles uh, Cornell, not handles them, but Hans Cornell, their first loss of the season last week, fifteen to eleven to the Big Red at Franklin Field. Sam Hanley, six points, three goals, uh, three assists there. Patrick Birkinshaw fifteen saves to anchor that defense, and Jamie Zuzi goes seventy-two percent at the faceoff dot for the Big Red. Uh, and, and then also we talked about the you know Cornell out balling. Uh, uh, Penn out-ground-balling uh, Cornell. Did I say for the big... Jamie Zuzzi, 72% for the Quakers, not Cornell. Um. And Penn out-ground-balling Cornell. Penn, what they do on... what they did on defense. And uh, well, well, I think this game here is... you know... I, I think... The, the, I think I uh, I'm taking Yale to win this one, um. And look, the reason I'm taking Yale to win this one is because of Pawcat, and is because of Brandow. I'm not exactly sure. Um, not that I'm not sure, but I think those two guys alone can really give Penn a problem i think yale the way they've played the way they've improved on both ends um and, and i said this a few weeks ago and i'll say it again and i've said this all season yale coming into the u the reason i picked them to win the ivy is because i thought okay even if they don't have the most experience they have them the highest ceiling in terms of room for improvement I think that's still true. Um here today, um and look Penn is a team that has improved drastically as well. They had their best performance a week ago. Um I think this is going to be a game that is a two three goal a one two three goal game. One to three goals is what we're going to see here. It's going to be a battle. Um and it, this is going to you know we've seen these two teams battle in the past. Different different guys racing the sidelines now, um, or on the field, I should say, but it's still two top 15 teams, two of the top teams in the Ivy League, Um, and I just think when you look at the progression Yale has made this season, not that it's more impressive than Penn, but I think they've progressed over Penn in certain respects. now, the Quakers, I think, look, the, the things that they did last week that they improved on, and I'll tell you, the the, the one thing that, that, that will kill this Penn team if they do not fix this this week is their clearing. They had trouble clearing the ball, especially in the second half against Cornell. Um, So they're going to have to fix that because Yale, Yale's not a team that's known, you know, um, like, you look at Carolina, you look at Virginia, and you're like, oh, the ride. You know, the ride that they instilled, the, the ride that they've done the past few seasons, Boston U, with their 10-man ride. You, you think of that. You don't normally think of Yale as a team with a strong, aggressive ride. Um, but they did hold Princeton. And some of those issues were Princeton's own fault. But some of those were were those midfielders, were attack, those attackmen dropping back and being able to ride against the Princeton defense last week in um, Yale's win, so that's going to be something to watch you as well. Uh, but overall, I'm just expecting a big battle. Um, you know, th- this is this is going to be a scrap. This is going to be a scrap. It's going to be a close game. From what you know, what I know of these teams, it's going to be close. It's going to be fun, and you're going to be. Want to be locked in on this one 330 pm ESPN plus now we've got a couple big conference meetings out west. Um, not gonna get a ton into these ones, but the Big East and A Sun both open up conference play this weekend. Both of their biggest games will take place in the Rocky Mountains. Um, Georgetown travels to play Denver. And the Big East opener for both programs. The series between these two, since 2018, it's been the best in the Big East. Georgetown's gone four and three in those those meetings. Um, They've met each year in the, uh, except for 2020, obviously, but 2018, 2019, 2021. Met in the regular season and the title game expect that to be the case here again um, the Hoyas I think coming to this one obviously one of the best defenses in college across McElvoy, Gibson Smith, Will Bowen um, it, it, it's going to be it's going to be a tough day uh, for Denver probably to get things against this defense um, they're going to have to do like Jack Hanna, Richie Connell, that bunch, they're going to have to move the ball and do exactly what they did against Ohio State um, in a sense. I think this is a much better defense than Ohio State, but if they can put up that kind of performance, that's going to be – that will lead to a Denver win. If they look like they've looked at some of these other games this season, Georgetown could roll. Georgetown could roll because this is not a good Denver team. They've improved certainly, but th- they're still not what we're used to seeing from Denver teams. Um, the one thing I will say, like if Denver wants to have that performance, Alex Staticus has got to be on his game at the faceoff dot against James Riley. That's going to be a battle there. Utah and the A-Sun, first-year head coach, Andrew Men. They're welcoming in the Air Force Falcons on Saturday. Um, Cole Bram's key point at that faceoff dot as he's been all season for Utah. Um, And then you look at this Utah just style of play of keeping these these short sticks on the field um, and really two-way play, getting those fast-paced opportunities. Um so that's gonna be key for Utah if they can get those opportunities. However, you know, Jason Rose has been a good uh been a good option in cage for Air Force. Uh Brendan Krauss, Brendan Dodd. I-, I wonder how this Utah defense can handle those two guys. They've been really, really good for uh the Air Force defense thus far in 2022. Uh, so that is going to be an interesting one as well there in the Sun as the Sun begins conference play this week. Other games to watch here, Ohio State, Penn State Friday night. Um, well, the Buckeyes looking to bounce back. I think they probably do in that one. Um, Penn State, we'll see how We'll see how much of a fight Penn State puts up after what happened to them against Maryland, which I would say you know, don't take that personally. But Maryland's going to do that to a lot of people, and they have done that. Right? Um, the biggest game in biggest mid-major game of the week: Jacksonville and High Point, uh, two top teams in the SoCon. This is going to be a battle. This is going to be a battle. You have two. Big-time playmakers, Asher Nolting for High Point, Maxwell Baum for the Dolphins. Um, I think the Dolphins have a better defense than High Point does, so I think they kind of take it in that way. I think at, at the face-off dot, I'd give Jacksonville maybe a bit of a of a nudge. I don't have the stats in front of me right now, but just from thinking back on what I've seen from these teams – uh, Jacksonville seems to do a bit better at the dot or has done better at the dot. Um, but really, the the, the the thing in this one, Waldbaum, Nolting, those two guys, um, what do they do against each of these defenses? How well can they play? Uh, these are obviously two great teams, two teams that are looking to get uh, to the SoCon title. I, I think this could be a preview of the SoCon title. Uh Richmond, however, plays Virginia this week, so that'll be an interesting one here. I didn't preview it at all in my uh weekend uh what to watch for the weekend just because of so many other games uh this weekend going on, but that will be interesting as well to see what Richmond does. They haven't been um as like dominant or as close with some of those other uh schools as you have seen them in the past, but uh, we'll see that defense has really come together recently. So we'll see what they do there. Uh, UMass and Delaware, it's the opening weekend of CAA play. Um, and look, these are two teams um that are gonna be oh, top teams in the CAA going against each other. Um, and the CAA, crazy athletic association, crazy things always happen. And here, uh, the Blue Hens, I think are the best team in this conference. I came into the season thinking that. I still think that. You know, Mike Robinson on one end, and then I, I'm interested to see what they do in cage. They've started Paul Reedy, uh the past couple weeks, or at least last week they did. I don't know if they did two weeks ago, but they started him last week. He's gotten a lot of playing time over uh, the past few weeks, and so we'll see if they go with him or with Kilkeely, but Either way, I think this Delo defense uh, gives them a big edge there. Uh, UMass, they've battled through some injuries this season. They've been tough. They've been gritty. Kevin Tobin, Gabriel Prosic leading the way um, on this offense that seems to be pretty deep um, in terms of what they've been able to do, what they've shown thus far, Um, have some depth there, have many different options they can go to. We'll see how this one goes. Brown and Princeton. Uh this is a must win game for Brown. No no way to put it. This is a must-win game for Brown. Um Princeton, look the one and one in Ivy League play right now, they can afford to lose this one, go one and two. Um but Brown cannot afford to Brown cannot afford to lose this one. Uh Brown is 0 and two in Ivy League play. At the moment, oh, they 0-2, let me see this. Pull up the schedule here. Uh, yeah, 0-1, excuse me, 0-1. Um, they lost to UMass last week. They lost to Harvard. Um, and well Harvard and Brown are kind of in that situation there where, you know, both of these teams kind of will likely be on the outside looking in um, as it turns to, as it pertains to the Ivy League title. Um, but here's the thing, Brown, they've got Princeton this week, they've got Penn, they've got Yale, and they've got Cornell. Uh, they end the season with Bryant and Dartmouth. you got to think they win both those ones. But Dartmouth, they've been tough, could be a dogfight, as well as Bryant. That's an Ocean State Cup battle. Um, and that one will be a battle for the Ocean State Cup. Uh, that game will. So, look, Brown, I think this is a must win because the the, the, the rest of this schedule It's not getting any easier. It's not. It's not getting any easier. You drop to 0-2. You know, you come into Penn. You maybe feel a little down on yourself. You go 0-3. And Um, and then Yale and Cornell aren't any easier teams. I mean, this is going to be a tough battle. Um, Whereas with Princeton, I mean, look, they've already played uh, what I would consider two of the other top teams in the Ivy. They've beaten Penn. Okay, they lost to Yale. All right. They have Brown this week. They've got a bye week next week where they play Marist on Tuesday, Boston U on Saturday. That game's going to be a big one on Saturday, but you, you know they get the win against Marist on Tuesday. Then you have Dartmouth, Harvard, and Cornell. I mean, look, for Princeton, Harvard and Cornell are going to be tough games. I think they get the Dartmouth win. I'd probably have them favored over Harvard as well. It, it, it's a much easier schedule for Princeton the rest of the way than it is for Brown. So this is going to be a must win for Brown because if they don't win this one, I don't know which other ones they're going to win. And look, maybe they they surprise me and they beat Penn, they beat Yale. And look, prove me wrong, guys. But I, I just see Brown not having um the best end to what's been a pretty good season for them thus far, um, disregarding the past two weeks. Uh, and look, the, the thing they're watching this one Carter Theriault, Eric Peters, two really good goalies. I'm excited to see them go against each other. St. Joseph's and Hobart. Um, and look, we're, you know, we're talking about must-win games here. This is a must-win game for Hobart. You're going to drop to O and 3 in NEC play. And, and look, I, I mean, y'all look good early in the season. I think St. Joseph's gets this win here. When you look at it as Zach Cole and Adam Shea going against each other, I take Zach Cole nine times out of ten. Like, this is going to be a tough game for Hobart. They're going to have to step up and show. And their offense has not been, you know, they, they've not been going as they could or should have the past couple weeks. They're going to have to step up and get some other guys involved uh, if Hobart wants to win this game. Uh, but look, St. Joseph's right now, them Bryant and LIU, are at the top of the NEC, and that 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 looks like where it's gonna be. Uh, but Hobart, I mean, they've got to get a win here if they don't want to drop to zero and three in conference play. Uh, Sunday we'll see Rutgers and Johns Hopkins. This is gonna be an interesting one in the fact of like, okay, Johns Hopkins, was that so they beat Michigan, okay. They end the game with a really good-looking, you no, know, showing of offense, okay. Can they do that against a, a, a what I would assume is a, uh, what I would say is a better-looking defense? Can they do that there? Um, and, and can they do it again? And look, postseason implications. Hopkins, like, I, I don't know if they're going to get NCAA tournament bid at the moment. It doesn't look like that. Um, but here's the thing. And you still have the Big Ten tournament as well, where everyone gets in, and and Hopkins could go on and run there and get the AQ. Um, that would bust everything up. But they've got at Rutgers, at Ohio State. Then you have Penn State, and you have Maryland. Okay, you beat Michigan. Congratulations. Rutgers, Ohio State, Penn State. What do you do in those three games is going to matter um, in terms of what your seed in the Big Ten tournament is, and in terms of whether or not you are going to be in contention for an at-large or not. If you lose to Rutgers, you lose to Ohio State, and by golly, if you if you lose to Penn State, you're freaking out of it. You're out of it. Unless you go on some run in the Big Ten tournament, you're out of it, Hopkins. Uh, but... So, really, these two games right here, Rutgers, Ohio State, of that pack, if you can beat one of those two teams, that's going to be a huge win for Peter Milliman and his squad. Uh, now, we saw Rutgers, what they did last week. I just want to see can you do it again? Because they, they boat raced Ohio State. I did not see that coming. Um, I thought that was going to be a good game, and it was for a good portion of it, but they ended up boat, boat racing them in the second half. So, that one. On Sunday. Hi right, folks, that is it for today's episode. A bit shorter than usual, but uh, still got one in this week. As always, thank y'all for tuning in. Catch us at Wacross Bucket on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, not catch us uh, at Wacross Bucket on I- either of those mediums. com is the website. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the world class. I'll be, at, be back here with y'all on Sunday.